It's over 9,000! to fade, then say, Welcome, Super Elite Warriors, to Final Forum, a podcast for the discussion of all things Dragon Ball. I am the Bikini, your host on this mini-sode, where we will be revealing my top ten character designs. Now smoothly transition to your list, and don't screw this up. Jelly. Oh, oops. I don't think I was supposed to read that last part. You know what? That's fine. I can edit it out later. Uh, as Jelly has probably already discussed multiple times already, uh, this part of our Dragon Balloween event is us judging the costumes of Dragon Ball characters, if you will, uh, and rating our personal top ten. So, to start, uh, I will go with my honorable mentions, and first up, I'd like to give a shout out to the ladies of Dragon Ball. Uh, sadly, for my top ten, I had a tendency to go for characters that aren't strictly human, and thus have more opportunity for unique design. Uh, this puts any female that Toriyama designs at a disadvantage because they all tend to just be fashionable, regular people. Uh, that said, uh, he does, you know, give them some great looks, but again, they're still pretty mundane, and that's really the only reason none of them made it to my list. Uh, next up, these guys almost made it on the list. This is Turles's gang from the Tree of, the Tree of Might. Uh, these guys have style in spades. Their silhouettes are all unique, while they still have uh, common elements to give them a cohesive theme, so you would know they're, they're all on the same team. Uh, they even have that like tiny set of twins that perfectly match, like mirror each other for extra cuteness factor. Uh, honestly, uh, the only thing that kept them off of this list is that the Ginyu Force are the originals that established this formula that they're executing at a very high level, so... Leading right into my number 10, it's going to be the Ginyu Force. Again, these guys, solid look. Love the coordination. They have thematic elements while keeping their silhouettes unique enough to be easily identifiable. Each character is unique in size and shape or proportion, uh, while still somehow being able to convey clues about the character's fighting style. Uh, then they wrap that in a layer of like overdramatic posing and introductions. Really... I mean, these guys have it all, and the only reason that these guys aren't at number one instead of number ten uh, is the fact that they just have the unfair advantage of numbers. The things that make these guys their look great are only achievable with a group, and since there's so few of those within Dragon Ball, it seems a little bit unfair 
uh, to judge everyone else by that standard. Uh, moving on to number nine, we've got Dr. Willow from the Tree of Might. Uh, it's a giant brain in a jar in a giant mecha. I'm not really sure what else needs to be said here. It's basically the coolest thing ever. Moving on to number eight, we have Corin. So this is where this is where we started getting to, to a lot more of the thematic elements about character as a whole, as well as just their aesthetics. Uh, and for me, Corin is an excellent example of Toriyama's mastery of conveying personality through character design. We've talked on this show a lot about how Toriyama loves subverting expectations, but the thing that was, uh, we, we always tend to neglect to mention is that in order to pull off a bait-and-switch like that, you already have to be a master of knowing how to convey what is expected. And Corin, as a character, comes across exactly how he is perceived based on his appearance. His squinty eyes conveying age, his staff conveying wisdom, and the fact that he is a cat conveys that he's sly or clever. And then there's, you know, the not uncommon cultural expectation that cats are somewhat mystical or magical in nature. And he uses all of this to quickly convey that this is the sage that Goku is seeking in that part of the story. Just masterfully done. Uh, up for number seven, I have Mercenary Tao. Now, Mercenary Tao's got a couple of different looks, and I hold them all at pretty much the same level in terms of aesthetics. Uh, I call them as pre- and post-kaboom. <laughs> uh, Pre-boom Tao is another example of conveying personality through appearance. His facial expression and uh, movement, his character movement, uh, is about what we would expect of a martial arts assassin, almost robot-like, uh, just cold and emotionless, uh, which is visually clashed by his color scheme. And this only gets heightened post-boom when he literally becomes more robot than man, yet still wears pink robes. Uh, the transition look was also a great way to convey how the character's role changed from menacing threat to somewhat of a gag character later on. Uh, and as that dissonance between his body and his wardrobe increased, it also shifted our ability to now believe that this guy is believable as a gag character. Just another example of, of you know, excellent design and writing uh, meshing together perfectly. Uh, at number six, I have TN, which I understand is probably an odd pick for some folks. He doesn't really show up in the story all that much, but when you think about it, he's the OG villain turned good guy. A lot of his look is based on uh, setting him apart from Goku. There's a different color scheme, different style of robes, more serious facial expressions, while still having an aspect uh, that conveys he is more than human, much like Goku, in this case, his third eye. Uh, but really, I think his best feature is his bald head. It takes some real stones to be a bald man in a world where it can be mathematically proven that having more hair makes you stronger. I think they call this Samson's Law? Anyway. All jokes aside, uh, Tien's look conveys strength, no-nonsense, and unbreakable will. Just by looking at him, you know that no matter who he faces, he'll give his all to protect his friends. At number five, I've got Cooler, Frieza's older brother. Granted, he's from our glorious leader's gene pool, so he has an unfair advantage, but you can't deny it's a solid second attempt at perfection. Every single one of his forms is better than the last, especially that last shot of uh, Metal Cooler. You know the one where he's like a giant and not fully formed and looks all messed up, you know, right before he gets humiliated by those dirty Saiyans a second time. <laughs> he's so much less cooler than Frieza. Anyway, 
those henchmen of his uh, uh, also just basically Ginyu Force if you ordered them off Wish. It, it just not a good look, guys. Uh, but I guess that works in his favor since you know his 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 henchmen looking so much worse by comparison. I guess make him look better. Uh, at number four, I've got Shenlong. I mean, the entire show is about his magical little wish granting uh, jewels. But he's basically just an interpretation on a timeless classic. You you can't tell me that you've never doodled a dragon in your life. Uh, there's something about the visuals that convey a sense, a huge sense of power and mysticism that, despite being part of a universe where mortals are literally rubbing elbows with the elemental forces of creation and destruction, still looks like a guy that you do not mess with. From the moment we first see Shenlong, we do not question his near-limitless power. The only conclusion you can come to once you lay eyes on him is, yeah, I believe every legend that has ever been told about this guy. He can grant unfathomable wealth and power? Absolutely. Eternal youth? Of course. A 12-year-old decides that he can revive people from death despite never having that information previously? Without question. At number three, we have a truly horrendous villain, Bobbity. Uh, again, excellent conveyance of how low and disgusting this villain is. This guy basically wants to risk wiping out all of life in a selfish bid for being able to control what's left. Consequences be damned. If you ask me to draw something that looks like it has no moral fiber, no scruples, and would do literally anything to attain power so it can abuse others, I would be hard-pressed to come up with a better representation than Bobbity. He's a tiny, simpering, weaselly little coward that is unashamed of pulling an about-face as soon as he thinks he has the upper hand. Thanks, Mr. Toriyama. I hate it. At number two, we have the antithesis, Weiss. Everything about Weiss is immaculate. His hair, his grooming, his fit, his accessories, his looks scream that he is a man of class and elegance. That everything is beneath him and never a challenge for him. He exudes confidence, assurance, and nonchalance. Everyone wants him, and everyone wants to be him. And now, we come to the, the part that everyone's been waiting for. The pinnacle of style in the Dragon Ball universe. Frieza. Do I really need to explain? Well, that's it for today, listeners. Don't forget, we have a look into Don Dracula coming up. Uh, not sure when we're going to record that. I still have tons of cleaning to do after movie night with Kaiju Transmissions. Uh, by the way, go watch Godzilla 1984 if you haven't yet. It's, it's a great movie. Anyways, will Bikini complete his cleaning mission? Will Don Dracula prove too much for our intrepid heroes to endure? Should Cooler even be on this list since he's such a loser? Find out next time on Final Forum. Uh, microphone off. Okay, glad that's over. I can't believe Jelly edited my list. Oh, nobody really cares about your opinions, recruit, especially when they're wrong. Well, at least I didn't put my favorite character at number one. I mean, do I really need to bring up the pink shirt? At least I can admit Yamcha's fa fashion sense is like his fighting, exploded in the bottom of a crater. Well, it was funny listening to HQ Terum, a new one over putting Frieza fifth, though. Almost makes him changing my number one worth it. I mean, anyone who thinks about it for more than two seconds knows it's really Piccolo at the top. I mean, his look was so strong, Toriyama basically spun it into its own alien race and storyline. Uh, his color palette works when it really shouldn't. I mean, pink, purple, and green? What? 
And then the shoulder guards? Pfft, eat my turban, Edna Mode. Yes, capes. He even rock civvies at his road test. I mean, is, the, is there a look that this, uh... Slug? Is that what they are? Slugs? Can't pull off? Oh, and those bits about Cooler were just petty. It's really nice to me at the last company picnic. Yeah, well, I guess that's what you get for trying to make up for your screw-up on the last episode, Jelly. Wait. Is that red light? Wait, oh, am I still recording? Oops. Well, I guess I'll just get rid of that and put... Wait. Is it uploading right now? Oh, no. Final Form is written and produced by Tom Gwelly. It is performed by Dan Kinney and Tom Gwelly. Our webmaster is Dan Kinney. Our theme music is provided by YouTube content creator GVG Kit. Want to learn more about the Dragon Ball universe, including concept art, behind-the-scenes interviews, and recommendations from Jelly and Bikini? Connect with us on social media. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Final Forum Pod. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you receive your podcasts. And of course, make sure to share with your friends and family and help us spread the word of the glory of Lord Frieza. The Frieza Force thanks you for your listenership. 